Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. And we're going to talk about family worship tonight. Are you excited? I'm so excited. But before we do that, before we get into our topic of discussion for inquiring parents, uh, I would say today, I really felt like we solidified our position in Alney as the funeral singers. Really? Yeah. What about today was really special to you? That it was almost like autopilot, you know? It wasn't to me. I was nervous. You were nervous? I, I wasn't nervous. I was, um, I was just, you know, in the, I was in the zone. In the zone. Yeah. So we, we did a little, uh, we did a little, well, we did three songs at a funeral for a man that, um, you know, about all, uh, Alzheimer's patient. So most of the time we've been here, uh, he's been suffering from that disease, but it was neat to hear his pastor talk about, you know, his life and, uh, you know, uh, how old was Mr. Black? Was he 90, 93, 93 years old, veteran of World War II, uh, Army, Air Force. We've got a airplane manufacturing plant out here in Olney, and he worked out there on the airplanes. Just a neat, a neat story. And the songs were a little different, didn't you think? Yeah, it was nice yeah. to have something a little different. Yeah, challenge to challenge us a little bit. We did the we did the Vince Gill Go Rest High on that mountain, which in our rehearsals we we learned we weren't able to sing because neither um, neither one of us had the range to do it. Everyone who's listening needs to pull that up on YouTube and try to sing it. It will shock you. <laughs> Vince Gill is yeah. good. Yeah, you think you're like I'm such a good singer, and then then you try to sing that song, and you're like I need help. Yeah, so, it was rough. Hey, yeah. but hey. We've actually met Vince Gill. Yeah, everyone pretty much is aware of my long-standing feud. It's one-sided, but uh, I'm actually I'm currently embroiled in a feud with Vince Gill. He's uh, one of my major enemies. There's nothing I hate worse than when you meet a celebrity that seems like the greatest person. Mm-hmm. Then you meet them, and they're really rude. They're jerks. Yeah. yeah. Vince Gill is a huge jerk. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no... Based upon my interaction with him, which I'll I'll admit was brief, the guy could not have been ruder. And I walked away there saying, I walked away in my mind saying, if there's any way I can I can help it, I will never patronize that man again. He will never he'll not get a dime from me. You know that happened in 1998, and we still are mad at Vince. We still don't like Vince Gill. No, I was singing that song that he sang today. And it was it was hard because of the bitterness in my heart towards Vince Gill. <laughs> but we have a picture with him. Yeah, we did get the picture. And he managed to look pleasant in the picture. He's a phony, man. Yeah. That is like Nashville's biggest phony. <laughs> Sorry, Vince. And if you hear this, you know, I if you want to, like, fly me to Nashville, get me tickets to the Grand Ole Opry, try to make up, you know, <laughs> plan a really nice vacation for my kids, we might talk about me getting over the grudge. But until that happens, Vince Gill, thumbs down. I think we just caught Vince on a bad day. I don't know. I'm not giving him the benefit of that. You're, when you're really famous, if I was really famous, which right now, I would say my fame level is really low. <laughs> but, you know, from time to time, people want to get a picture. 
And, uh, you know, for, for example. Really? Yeah. I was hanging out with our congressman yesterday. And, uh, and I, handed, I handed my phone to his. <laughs> so, you know, our congressman, I mean, that's one guy representing 800,000 people. So he wanted to get a picture well, with let, you? Well, so <laughs> I, I think we sort of, I, I have a strange bromance with our congressman. <laughs> I feel like a soul connection with so with Jody like, Arrington. You feel like it was a mutual desire to take a picture together? Well, of course. I mean, because when I mentioned we get, we need, to, I said, you know, we need to get a picture, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." So I handed uh, the my phone to Lauren, his assistant, and of course, you know, she she snapped three pictures. Really, they were very flattering of both of us. <laughs> and then before, then she says, so after she's done taking pictures with my phone, she says. Hold on, and she wanted to get one with hers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, but Jody Arrington didn't want to get one with his. No, I mean that was basically his representative phone. <laughs> you got to think, you know, federally here or representatively here. She wanted to get that. She's like, oh yeah, we really need to get that shot with Edgington. And, <laughs> That's good for the Facebook page. You know, we're out there with the local pastors, salt so, of the earth kind yeah. of guys like Chad. Right. Yeah, probably not. But anyway, I would just say, <laughs> whenever she said, hold on, not already t- I've already told you, I've taken three pictures already. <laughs> but I was just as enthusiastic for that fourth as I was for you my are, own self-serving pictures. You know, people are just so blessed when they get to meet somebody like you that doesn't mind, you know, when no, the public... I'll take a thousand pictures yeah. with people. And I'll smile and we'll have a good time. And I'll say, hey, where are you from? You know, um, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Whatever, you know. But how was Vince? Totally annoyed by people who, you know, up until that point, had been pretty loyal fans. I mean... <laughs> If it's like, oh, yeah, I love Vince Gill. Great. Oh, yeah, he's incredible. What a great guitar player. What a great singer. And he seems really nice. He, and yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, he's one of the good guys in Nashville. No, he's not. He is evil. <laughs> and we need to put his evil empire down. You are so bitter. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not the only one. Let's just go ahead and air it all out. The other major... No, no, don't say this. It yes, will break I'm... hearts. It that's will okay. break hearts. My feud with Bells, the department store? Oh. <laughs> That's not so what I thought you were going to say. I have a long-standing feud with Vince Gill and Bell's Department Store. Um, this all stemmed from an incident that took place about, uh, it's got to be 15 years ago at or least. Or more. Or more. But somehow Bell's charged my debit or credit card erroneously. And it somehow just caused all sorts of trouble for me. I don't remember what happened. Do you remember the? I don't even. It's no. one of those. It's sort of like Hatfields and McCoys, Romeo and Ju, uh, uh, Montagues and Capulets, where they don't even know, they don't remember right. why they're. That's how I feel. But every time I see <laughs> Bells, and when I walk into the store, and I think, well, we have to get something at Bells. When I walk in there, it's just like a darkness settles over me. <laughs> And I'm still angry thinking, you know, I was minding my own business and here they come along and charge my card all this money 
And it caused, I don't remember the problem that it caused, but I remember I was on the phone with them. I was trying to figure out what was going on. They were rude to me and it was, it turned out to be their fault. 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, two, you know, two of my major feuds. Yeah. And then there's one more. There's one more. I don't think you should say it. What 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 does it hurt to say it? Because it's it's gonna make people sad. I'm still sad about it. Really, I'm not. I've put I've put him over in the axis of evil with Bells and Vince Gill. <laughs> it's like the unholy trinity. <laughs> I'll tell you one. Other, I'll tell you who this guy is. There's one other guy that you think is hilarious. He's funny. Um, you know, and I still, it's really hard, you know, as much as I really want to dislike him because of how sinister and rude he is, <laughs> how I have felt more warmth in my heart towards piles of dog poo than I did <laughs> when I met this guy because he was not pleasant at all. Yeah. And his name is Mark Lowry. Mark, if you're listening to this, we all love Mary Did You Know, even though I vow never to sing it again. <laughs> it's overdone, but I but I respect it. It's sort of like, Lord, I lift your name on high. It was groundbreaking. But the answer to the question is, of course she knew, and Angel had just told her all that. Okay? <laughs> I mean, someone needs to answer that question. Mary, did you know? She's like, yes, it's obvious. It's in the Bible, man. Of course I knew. I really do feel like the day we met Mark Lowry that we really did catch him on a bad day. Like I think a loved one had just passed away or something. That's how I Mm-mm. I really think that that's what happened. No, I think a little bit of your heart died because he killed it. <laughs> that guy's awful. He we all Is that have, charitable? Hey, we all know. have bad days. We all have bad days. Yeah. I mean, I have bad days too. But if somebody on my worst day, if a really nice looking pastor and wife couple come up to me at the Sight and Sound Theater at Branson where I'm enjoying a biblical play, was it Jonah? I don't remember which one we were yeah, watching. Yeah, it was Jonah. Watching Jonah, you know, and they come up to me and they're like, hey, Mark Lowry, oh my gosh, how awesome. We love you. Can we get a picture? Oh, okay, okay, you know. I, I, even even if it, even if I just found out that you know one of our rabbits had cancer, um, <laughs> would that really be the worst day for you? <laughs> okay, probably not. But <laughs> I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to keep it lighthearted. Even if I just found out something really terrible, uh, I would be enthusiastic and say, "You bet," you know, because people I wouldn't be where I am or who I am without people like Chad and Melissa Edgington on my side. Yeah. You know? I have to Laughing say that, at all my jokes. That was really disappointing when yeah. he acted like that. But, yeah. you know, we got the picture. We got the picture. And he looks totally pleasant in it. They're really good at just, like, dropping that eye rolling for the shot, you know? Yeah, they, they, they stop rolling their eyes for one second. <laughs> To make it sort of look like you're not ruining their life by asking for a picture. Okay, let's talk about um, celebrities we've met who are really nice, like Trish Yearwood. Yeah, she's golden. Very sweet. Yeah, she's the real deal. She's like an actual human being. Yeah, I love yeah. her. And I'll say, you know, as much as, um, you know, kind of 
have some issues with Garth, but Garth was pretty, he's pretty awesome, you know. Emmylou Harris was Emmylou also Harris very nice. Emmylou Harris is really nice, yeah. So I can't, I can't just off the top of my head think, but you know, I'll say there's one, remember Blackhawk, that band? Yeah. Goodbye Says It All? I love that song. I know, it's so good. Uh, that, that guy was honestly one of the nicest guys I ever met. The mm-hmm. lead singer. Yeah. Which he's not, I mean, he's not really that famous, but um, he was super, super guy. Can you think of any others off the top of your head that were really nice? Um, Most every, I actually, I'd say this. Everybody else I've ever met that was famous was nice. It's funny how we really only remember the ones who were rude. Uh, yeah, I can. I know I've met a lot of famous people. Martina McBride, she was really nice, and so was her husband. Um, I don't know. I can't. Even, I just off the top of my head, I can't think of all these people. I've met a lot of famous people, and they're all really cool. Except, you know, except these three. Except Bell's. Bell's department store. <laughs> And whoever whoever's behind Bell's department store, Mr. Bell's, I'd like to ring his bell. <laughs> Vince Gill and Mark Lowry, who was just having a bad day, I hope. Yeah, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Lowry, who was in the midst of ministry out to a bunch of senior adults. You know, yeah, he which, was there for a, a senior he was adult. there for a festival. Yeah, for a senior adult thing. And they are, you will not find a nicer bunch of people to minister to than senior adults. You can be awful, and they will clap and love it. It's grandmas. Yeah. Grandmas love everything. Mm. They don't hate anything. They're going to really love Mark Lowry. Yeah. You know? So. Okay, well. See, yeah. Let's see. Where were we going with that? Well, were we, were, we, we... we were talking about our funeral songs. We did the Go Rest Town oh, on the Mountain. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. We go. So we spent 13 minutes talking about other things. Okay, we're back now. Yeah, we're back, back on track. <laughs> oh man i would love to see what people will say about that last 13 minutes of, i don't think they're gonna like broken it. hearts yes. and, yeah they're sending that they're like i tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna forward this on to mark except about he... bells they'll be like we agree <laughs> Bell, bells is, <laughs> is it really that bad i think their merchandise is bad i don't know i find some stuff in there that i like sometimes but it looks a little it looks a little that store looks a little mature Oh, is that what the deal is? I feel that way. I don't know. When I look at the men's clothing, I think I would never wear something from here. Why? Well, it, well, the dress clothes. I mean, every now and then they'll have a nice shirt, or they carry a few good brands. You know, if it's a if it's a nice brand, you know, that's one thing. But Bell's is like a small town department store. Yeah, but but their proprietary brands like it'll have like a brand name you've never heard of, like Shadow Mountain or something like that. I wonder if Bell's is is that just in Texas? No, I think that's uh, you know I think it's around other places. I don't know. I'm 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 trying though to shut them down, you know, in my heart. I bought something there today. Yeah, well, thanks for supporting them. But listen, I thought we were a team. I I ripped bells off today, basically. Good. Did you get a good deal on a sale? Well, because they're I paying had, you to take the clothes I out of the store. An extra forty percent off, a seventy oh, yeah. percent off clearance. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Score. High five. That, so I like to hear Mama talk about <laughs> saving money like that. I spent this money, but look how much I saved you. Yeah. That's yeah. what my dad always said when yeah, we were like, shopping. You didn't save any money. You spent $20. But you, I saved you 100 My dad would say, man, I'm so excited that y'all are going to go on Saturday and save me a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the funeral song. So go rest high go rest on that mountain. I know your life on earth was troubled. 
but I refuse to take a picture with you. Because I'm a jerk even outside the Grand Ole Opry. You know what's crazy is yeah. we were at a Grand Ole Opry we party. The, yeah, we are at the Grand Ole Opry. We were at a party at the at Grand Ole Opry. party at the Grand Ole Opry. And he was probably like, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with people that wanted pictures here. Yeah, like how did they get in here? How did here? these people get in here? Well, that's the story of my life, dude. I'm always where I shouldn't be. You know how be. we got in there? Because of sweet Trisha Yearwood. She got us in there. Yeah. That was okay. when she was inducted. Oh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. And then the other song, we well, then we did Old Rugged Cross at the very end, which was nice. And uh, Melissa sang the lead on that one and sang loud. And I think that's what's really nice about Melissa's funeral singing, if you ever you know, need her to, to sing at a funeral for you. <laughs> She sings loud, and it really makes a difference. And then the other song was awesome. Um, it was called "On the Wings of a Dove." Now, if you and 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 I've seen this song. I never had sang it before, but I've seen the song. Is that did I use the word "sang" right? I never sang it, but I never sung it before. I, I never have. I never have. Sung I have it. never sung it before. Yeah. But I've seen it on these commercials that they do, like the. Time, Life, Country, Classics, DVD, CD. Yeah. If you tried to collect all the records in this set, it would cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But Time Life has put them all, you know, all those those infomercials that you see. Have you noticed that you pay $74 a month? You probably don't even know this about us. We pay $74 a month to Dish Network. Okay? And they say, oh, you get for $70 a month, you get your favorite channels. Uh, I, uh, yeah, just can you confirm for me that we get the HGTV? Yeah, we get that. Okay, as long as we get that. Okay, we're okay. Do we get Fox Sports 1? Yeah, we get that. So we get Fox Sport 1, HGTV, which is really all I really care about. Um, you wanted HGTV for Fixer Upper? For you, yeah, because you said, well, we don't, I want to make sure in the channel package we get this HGTV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for Fixer Upper and... and uh, to see Chip and JoJo. The last Fixer Upper came on yesterday. Yeah, I, I, and I haven't watched this season because I don't want to go through the separation. Oh, it's too gr- painful. Yeah, the grief yeah. of not seeing Chip. You know what would be heartbreaking if is if we met Chip and JoJo and they were not nice. But I know they're nice because I know Chip. Well, you you haven't known Chip for a long time. Yeah, but I mean, he... You that, like to say that. No, but that guy, that is the same guy he was in high school. He but is, he would be nice. They is, would be nice yeah, in real life. He has, he has not matured at all. But I thought, since Mark, I, I thought Mark Lowry would be nice. Yeah, but he's a jerk. But you didn't know him in high school, and neither did I. <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, so, so... HGTV, Fox Sports 1, where are you yeah, going with yeah, this? Just to say that all of the rest of the channels that you get on Dash, uh, Dish, Dash, <laughs> they don't listen, uh, all of the channels that you get on Dish Network besides those two are just infomercials. Have you noticed that? It's all like 30-minute uh, programs yeah. for... Jewelry TV. Jewelry. It's a big... It's all just one big commercial, and we're the Stooges paying $74. They're doing us like bells. I can't wait to cut that cord. I can't wait for those dish companies to go out of business. It's going to be incredible. I, um, I ordered one of those Time Life things once. Do you remember that? And I still the, listen to that. The Country Classics? Um, or it was Country, country duets. Uh, duets. Yeah, duets. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Good. Back when they made, we listened to CDs. I don't listen to CDs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just every now and then when I'm doing picking out choir music. But anyway, so... This is one of those songs that I was familiar with from watching infomercials because that's the kind of guy, that's how lame I am 
ladies and gentlemen. Because I am, I see those things come on. I'm enthralled by the old clips of the yes. singers from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Well, this song was by Ferlin, a dude named Ferlin Husky, which that is the greatest name. And the guy is really good looking. He's tall, slender, funny, goofy, um, you know, obtuse as he's there doing this. And did you, did you watch the very end of it where he's, you know, he finishes the song and he's like, well, uh, and he's talking to the host of the Grand Ole Opry. He's like, well, I thought everybody was going to clap. Yeah. <laughs> he was bummed out because the studio audience just sat there like they were at a funeral or at church or something. And he, they, it, it, the guy said, well, you know why they did that, Ferlin? They, 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 they were, out, were out of time. They, the, they told everybody not to clap. They told them not to clap. And then he said, well, can I leave you with a laugh? And he said, he said, go ahead and just tell people, you know, uh, if, that you run into, say nice things about me even if you have to lie. Can I leave you with a laugh? And the guy goes, sure. And he goes, Ooh, and he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> He's just nuts. So uh, anyway, Ferlin Husky sang this song on the wings of a dove. And if you pull it up on YouTube, you got to pull up the black and white Grand Ole Opry video. And it's like the best clapping and snapping you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it's an art the way Ferlin snaps and claps on that song. I've never seen anything like it. And when I was up there playing the song today at the funeral, on the wings of a snow white dove, in my mind, all I could see was his awesome, snappy clapping. Yeah. You know? It was awesome. And we, let's do it. Ready? Ready? You got yeah. You ready? Do you clap or snap first? You snap first. Okay. On the wings of a snow white dove, he brings this pure, sweet love. Aside from above, can't do it. <laughs> See, I'm no Ferlin, man. Yeah. I actually I had to play the guitar on it. He was actually a little uncoordinated when he was trying to do it, too. Well, I thought it looked cool, though. Because he would just kind of move his arms back and forth, like yeah. swaying and so yeah. lanky. He looked cool. He looked really cool. And so, I noticed you wore that skinny tie. Yeah, so I got you up. You were this, trying to look like him. So I got up this morning. I was thinking, what can I? You know, how can I get my? What was it? Um, how can I get my? Um, how can I channel that '50s '60s vibe? You know, for a 93 year old who probably uh, you know watched that on TV. So I w- wore a black suit and a really skinny tie. I slicked my hair back. And then Melissa took a picture of me right before the funeral. And it looked, I had my hair slicked back so much, it looked like I was balding. Did you think that? Or was it just a... It looked bad, didn't it? Well, <laughs> no, it didn't look I was bad. having a hair emergency. <laughs> and I didn't realize that she took the picture and we had to fix my hair before I went and sang at the funeral. 22 minutes now, we've talked about three evil... <laughs> the axis of evil. The axis of evil and... Singing at a funeral. I feel like somebody is going to be listening who knows Mark Lowry who's going to be offended by what we said. Okay. Well, he, he you know, I'm open to an apology. <laughs> Mark. I'm you know. sure Mark is a very wonderful person. <laughs> Do you really feel bad for Mark Lowry? Yes, I feel bad <laughs> that we said that. That's a jerk. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say he's a jerk. He just acts like one well, on, we had, in real life. We had one... <laughs> We had one unpleasant encounter with him. I'm sure for every unpleasant encounter that somebody has, there are five people that have a pleasant encounter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say those five people have probably bought a ticket to his event, and we hadn't, and that's what put us on the outside. 
know. But we can we can always you can probably tell by listening to these stories that we are not afraid to approach any celebrity yeah, type person. The real problem in all of these stories is us. Yeah, I think so. It's it's, it's really us. I think maybe we come off as crazy people. Yeah, well, because it's because like when you when I see a famous person, it it's almost like it cracks me up. I'm like, well, look, 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 there's Garth Brooks, and you're like standing two feet away from him, and you're pointing at him. You're like, look at you, you're Garth Brooks. <laughs> Come here, let me pinch your cheeks and get a picture with you. <laughs> you're like the crazy, weird grandpa of famous people. Well, looky there. You know, yeah, well, that's, aren't you adorable? Yeah, you look, you know, you look just like you do on TV. Mark, can we get a picture? Oh gosh, I was coming out here to get some of those roasted almonds. What are they? What are they? It's, is it pecans? What are those? Are they almonds? I think they're almonds. No, those aren't almonds. Are they? It really doesn't matter. I love that. I I love that about Branson though. That everywhere you go, it's like ro- you go in there and that that, that, that those. Those nuts are just roasting on the. It's, it's like in some kind of a sugary, you know, they, the coating on them. Yeah. Oh man, that is and it's such a good, you know, aroma throughout the building. Popcorn and those the peanuts and you know. Cracker Jacks. <laughs> Cracker Jacks. <laughs> Gold Bond. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's awesome. But anyway, enough of that. So so we've really spent enough time. Um, I that's I felt like that was very therapeutic for me. <laughs> I'm glad you felt better. Yeah. Um, how many funerals do you think we've sung at? Man, you know, I I would say at this point, being like realistic, I would say at least somewhere between like thirty and. 40? In the last four and a half and, years. Oh, but I mean, even before that, though, I mean, even oh, maybe man. maybe 50? Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. We've sung at a lot of I'll funerals. I'll figure out, I average about, I don't know, between 7 and 10 a year. But I think it's a, uh, it's a really, it's a special type of ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoy doing funeral ministry. Yeah. Because it, it's really... An opportunity, like people are getting real in that moment, mm. you know, like it's mm. people are really real mm-hmm. whenever they've lost someone they love and when they're faced with their own mortality, you know, and it's really a chance to minister to them, you know, you know, just spreading some hope to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And music is really touching in those settings if you yeah people really care about yeah, music they really care about the music that's at the funeral yeah you know and and most of and most of probably most of the funerals we, we do like how how great thou art or yeah how uh, great thou art. amazing grace okay my my favorite funeral song that we've learned is uh one day at a time that's the favorite one yeah, or or I really like come, come yeah. home it's supper time supper time, supper time. that was a good yeah. one the shadows it's fun whenever past. they um whenever people come up with something a little bit different and you have an opportunity to learn something that life is a ball game no, a ball that's game. a great one what else have we done that's interesting the supper time was good i don't know i can't th- i can't think of anything most else. most of the time it's, it's hymns pr- it's pretty standard 
I want to say there's one that was recent that, that I thought was interesting, but I, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, we just usually they say, can you can you learn this? And usually we can figure out some way to do it, yeah. you know, whatever song it is. So Sandy Grubbs told me she wants Freebird at her funeral. That's going to be hard. It's got three lead guitars in it. Yeah. And I really am not a very good lead player. Something like that. Yeah. Mm, I wonder yeah. if there's a Freebird track out there. There's not one. Because <laughs> cause for a funeral, you'd want to do the extended version with all the solos. Right. It would be fantastic. That would be really fun. Yeah, I want. I was thinking about my funeral. You know, maybe Country Bumpkin is what I was thinking of. <laughs> The little Jimmy Brown song by the Browns. It's amazing how many people come up to us and tell us um, <clears throat> that when they die, that they want us to sing at their funeral. Yeah. And I just always want—I just always say we're not allowed to talk about yeah, that. I don't want to think don't about that. I want to talk that. about you dying. But at the funeral today, there were several that came up before and after. And there was a, a, a really hilarious lady that came up and said, "I sure hope y'all are still around whenever I kick it." When I kick it, I hope you're here. <laughs> that's a—that's one of those. Yeah, that's another weird kind of sad thing about ministry is, you know, you, you want to be able to stick around somewhere for a long time. Yeah. But the pattern that seems to emerge is that people don't. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be here a long time. Hope so. Well, let's talk about um, the topic of our show. And uh, we are 30 minutes in. Well, you know, I do. I, you know, you, you know, Melissa, one thing I really love is, um, you know, having not some really nice banter um, <laughs> before we get into something that I would say is substantive. I like some banter, <laughs> and you know, maybe it's a little witty, maybe it's kind of funny, maybe we do a total character assassination of a well-known <laughs> Christian comedian slash songwriter. Mary, did you know? <laughs> But I, you know what I call that? I call that, all of that, the prolegomena. <laughs> One of your favorite words. The prolegomena. Prolegomena. That's what Dr. Malcolm Yarnell, um, whenever we were in our systematic theology class, Dr. Yarnell, he talked a lot about the prolegomena as we were getting into the, as we were getting into the systematic theology the prolegomena is the word before the word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which normally the word we use for that is what? Introduction. Prologue. Oh. <laughs> but if you really want to sound smart, don't say prologue. Yeah. Say, uh, by way of some prolegomena. Yeah. And really what I felt we were doing there with our banter. I just feel like we should pause right now and say... Boys Pro- and girls, can you say? Can you say prolegomena? prolegomena? Where's the prolegomena at the Alamo? <laughs> good job, everybody! Y'all did <laughs> such a good job on that. Good job saying prolegomena. 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 So anyway, that I think our whole first bit with the, you know talking about funerals and you know I think there's some real meaningful banter there. Meaningful skewering but, of uh, some yeah. celebrities. Yeah, I mean, you know, the truth hurts. And, you know, being rejected by big stars hurts, too. Mark, we're giving you the benefit of the doubt. And At least I am. Hey, and we're open to Branson tickets. I mean, <laughs> we, like, we are so easy to win back. 
That's what I want to say. You know, you you got a guest list. Let's let's face listen, it. Listen, listen, Vince and Mark. There's two things they have. They both have a guest list at all their shows, and they have guest houses. And we would be happy to occupy both. <laughs> the only thing that will um, turn me back to Vince Gill is if I get to meet Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it, wouldn't it? That would do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That'd be sad, you know, if, if if you were Vince Gill listening to this. And what if he really is a nice guy, which he's not? But what if he what what if he really was genuinely a good person? And which he may be, he may be. But he listened to us thinking, oh, what, how could I? How, I I'm I feel so bad that I gave them a negative impression of myself. You know, I I need to contact these two yahoos and and. And apologized, you know, because I would if I heard someone say that I was rude to them at the grocery store, I would feel terrible because it was not intentional, you know. Yeah. I mean, should we give Vince the benefit of the doubt? I mean, what is my grudge? You know, when I stop and think about my grudge, me being upset with Vince, where is it getting me? Exactly, it's only hurting you. My 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 issue with Mark Lowry. That when I now even when I hear Mary Did You Know instrumental version in an elevator, that bitterness, what what is that do it's not hurting it's not hurting Mark. No. It's it's making me want to get out of that elevator. Yes. And and every time I go to Graham and I see that Bell's department store and I and I and I think, I wish you were out of business. Well, what if, what good is that doing? What if you need to go over there and get some Clinique? What if it's bonus days? You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say, I, I think, you know, I'm going to renounce my my grudges, right? I'm on this show to, today. No more feuds. I am no longer mad at Vince Gill. In fact, I just want that feud that we were having all this all this time, Vince. I want it to go rest high on that mountain. <laughs> That's what I want. And you know, Mark, I don't know enough about your shtick or your... Um, your work. Basically, the only thing I know is you sang with Bill Gaither. You wrote Mary, Did You Know. Do you know anything else about Mark Lowry? He's a comedian. He's a comedian, but do you, do you remember anything? You know, what I do remember is that he made a funny, like, Christian Weird Al type, you know, mouths in motion. Remember that? No. <laughs> that was his album. <laughs> like, making fun of Amy Grant. <laughs> you know, I just want to put this grudge out of business and uh i want i want it to to go away like um mark like your record sales have is that no i can't, can't say that uh mark what I, i'm still sensing some bitterness yeah, there i'm letting it go right now mark and i look forward to seeing you in branson again and i look forward to our next time to take a picture together and i'm going to let you take it with your phone <laughs> cuz i'm that kind of guy Anyway, so I, I renounce it. I'm gonna go it's, buy. It's over. It's I'm done. gonna go get me some uh, a, a pair of Nautica underwear at Bell's next time I'm in Graham, just to celebrate this. This is a real breakthrough for you. Well, you know, I was as, as I said, I said it's been therapeutic for me, just to be able to to tell people this is what broke my heart. I'm just so glad our audience could be here for you to in see this moment. to see the transformation. Yeah, it's like caterpillar to butterfly. You totally. Know, the moon waxed and waned right in front of you. <laughs> it's true. I can't explain it. I went from tadpole to bullfrog. 
I matured today. Today, I feel like on the show, I became a man. You grew. I grew. I grew. Yeah. I grew. It was it's like, beautiful. It's like getting hair on your back. Yeah. You feel like, now I've arrived. <laughs> you know? That day you look in the mirror, because, you know, you don't normally look at your back. But you, you, you kind of get a glimpse. Of, Wait, what is, what is that? <laughs> do you remember the day you discovered that? No, but I do remember not too long ago the day I discovered why. I, so, one of my <laughs> one of my friends got me for Chris for my birthday, the twenty three and Me kit. You were there when I was doing the kit, right? Yeah. You, you have to put a massive amount of saliva. <laughs> so tell them what it is. In case well, they I... give you they give you the tube, you know, and then they're like spit in this know, for thirty minutes. The oh, oh, thing. it's like a. <laughs> Well, it's like a the twenty three and me thing is like a what do you, what is it? it's like a DNA analysis of you know they, they take your slobber and they somehow figure out how to look at your DNA out of that yeah they examine your twenty three chromosomes and they you know they it's amazing how they can tell all these things about you just from analyzing the your chromosomes yeah. So, you know, I did this and uh, thought, well, you know, come back, say I'm, you know, uh, a strong black woman or whatever. I knew what it was actually say. You're going to be like, you're going to be like European descent and, uh, you know, very good looking, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I sent it off and it comes back. And like one of the first things that it says when I'm looking on their website as it's telling me about myself. You know, it did say that I, I'm from uh, Ireland and Britain, England, <clears throat> but that I have an unusually high amount of Neanderthal chromosomes <laughs> or DNA, DNA. Yeah. That it was something crazy, like ninety-seven uh, like percent ni- more. I've got like ninety-something percent more Neanderthal DNA than the average uh, person that does twenty-three and Me. And that's like, well, I mean, if I ever wondered why so much back hair, <laughs> that's the answer. You know, why do I tend to drag my knuckles on the ground when I walk? You know, there are things I, want, I, I didn't know, you know, why the furrowed brow? That's not a, that's your bone, man. Your brow's not furrowed. It's just very defined. <laughs> oh. That that that's one of those things you just you know you're like oh everyone will get a kick out of this, but then it it makes you feel <laughs> stupid. You're like I am I have so much caveman DNA. It probably didn't help that I laughed for a full fifteen oh, every, minutes. Every <laughs> she comes in and I tell her I'm like really I'm like I like have a lot of Neanderthal in me. You know. I don't even know what it's truly the funniest thing I've heard in so long. (laughs) Was I, did I seem, was I, I was trying to have like a really brave (laughs) face when I was admitting my Neanderthal (laughs) ancestry. You were trying to be proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. We're awesome. (laughs) I asked you about it and you were like, oh, you know, just the usual, you know, European. Yeah, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. I'm European. And then you were like, oh, and. and, and, uh, and like, I got a lot of Neanderthal in me. (laughs) It's terrible, man. It's terrible. 
No, you're laughing at me again. Uh, it's just so good. That was worth whatever he spent on that kit. That was worth yeah, it. Yeah, just for that. Yes. But I looked it up and it was something like, uh, you know, what does it mean if you have a lot of Neanderthal DNA? And it's something like, you're more apt to sneeze if you smell peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the actual thing, like Neanderthals. Like, it's so watered down now that really the only thing is you sneeze when you get around peanuts. That's hilarious. But, you know, it's not really, I don't, I've never noticed it around peanuts that made me sneeze. But if I, the first thing in the morning, if I somehow get around a plate of scrambled eggs, I cannot stop sneezing. <laughs> and I think that's probably, you know, my ancestry. It's got to be. It's the yeah, Neanderthal. They were probably so, egg sneezers, too. That makes too. so much sense. Well, it all came together at that moment. Yeah. I wondered why every time I went to church camp, which is basically the only time I ever eat eggs, is when I'm at a church camp. Why am I sneezing uncontrollably? It's because I'm a caveman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we everybody knows that cavemen Are idiots. sneezed around eggs. Yeah, oh, yeah, sneezed around eggs. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, it's just one of those things you just... You know, that came right on the heels of me learning that I'm a descendant of the worst possible pilgrim you could be a descendant of. What was his name? Edward Doty. Edward Edward Doty. Doty. Yeah, I'm a descendant of Edward Doty. There's all these awesome pilgrims. They came over here for religious liberty. They came over here and made a wonderful life for themselves and their families. And I'm related to the guy that came over here and got in the first duel. (laughs) He, he got put in. He was put in stockades. Yeah. yeah, he was like the first guy ever punished like that, you know. And so it's like, well, so I find out that I'm related to like the biggest scoundrel in the in the whole Mayflower, and then I then I find out I'm a caveman. What's next? I'm gonna find out I'm like Vince Gill's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna. I I Ooh. think I I believe that is going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Vince Gill is your long lost. lost. It's like my dad or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, now that 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 is truly enough nonsense, so let's talk about something actually, actually, awesome. We just finished up Easter. Man, that was it was great. Did Did you love Easter Sunday? Yes, I always I love hope Easter. All of you had a great. Uh, you know what? Our Easter this year was cold. Yeah, it was. It didn't feel much like Eastery uh, weather. Mm-hmm. But we had a good, at First Baptist Church and only, we had a great crowd, and I, and I loved scrolling through Facebook and seeing everyone's pictures. They were awesome. And uh, what you notice when you look through the Easter pictures, uh, what really sticks out is family. Yeah. You know, you, everyone wanted to get their, their, their husband, their wife, their kids in front of a, a flowering cross. Next year, we're going to have the flowering cross at First Baptist only. Cool. Yeah. Have you seen the pictures of those? Uh-huh. The flower and crosses? Yeah. You know why they do that? Because um, there was <clears throat> I told a, you, right? There was a legend that after Jesus died on the cross, then it bloomed. The cross bloomed. Yeah. So uh, we'll probably do it where on Palm Sunday, we'll put the palm branches on the cross. And then the next Sunday, we'll put, we'll, we'll have a bunch of flowers to put on there. And that's the chicken cool. I like yeah, it'll that. be, and then we, that's something we can get a picture in front of. So we get all those, all these Easter pictures of families going. Uh, and I you know that what I was noticing, I was just loving seeing everybody dressed up, everybody with their families. <clears throat> and we take great care on Easter to get your family looking good. Um, you know, we want 
we, we care about that, you know, uh, family, the way we portray a family ourselves or whatever. But whenever we think about discipleship, it's a lot more than just dressing up for church on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what we do to disciple a family, um, it's, it's really hard uh, to do family worship and to, to for, I mean, don't you think we have a hard calling as parents? Yes, definitely. And most parents, I feel, have abdicated that, even abdicated the whole duty that they have to disciple their children. Well, I think it's easy to let other things take priority over that. Yeah, and to think that the church will do it or, you know, that Sunday school's enough. And yeah. But really, it's just a constant, you've, you know, I don't, I think there's value, I think there's a lot of value in sitting down and doing some structured reading. But the main, you know, you want to be intentional about that, but then a lot of discipleship is just caught as you're doing other things. Mm-hmm. So you're driving, you're talking. We do a lot of driving because we have to we live out in the boonies and we have to drive places to get places. Those opportunities you have to have conversations with your kids to answer questions, to ask them questions. Those are great discipleship moments. And I would say that's in in a way worship itself. Uh then there's more ways that you could do structured family worship. That's what you wanted to talk about, right? What did you want to say about that? Well, I wanted to I really wanted to share some of these resources that you've recently found with people um, that help you kind of give you a direction. I think that the main um, barrier to family worship is that it's a little overwhelming to think about how would I go about doing this? What would this look like? Mm -hmm. I mean, do I just open the Bible and start reading? Or, you know, my kids are little, or how much can they really understand of this? Or We're always looking for a program, or we're looking for, you know, I don't know, we tend to make it kind of complicated when it doesn't have to be. Yeah, there's two major hurdles. One is time. Like, when, when can we actually sit down and do this? The other hurdle is that even if you've got the time, I think a lot of people feel intimidated. Like, I don't know enough about the Bible to sit down and teach my kids the Bible. Yeah. And I'm not sure what, what how I would do that. Um, so I had a chance to hear Joel Beakey, who is the um, pastor of the Heritage Netherlands Reformed Congregation in Grand Rapids. That's quite a mouthful. That is quite a name. Yeah, the Heritage Netherlands Reformed <laughs> Congregation. Um, you know, they're like having a real big controversy because they want to take the word Netherlands out of their church name. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Netherlands is really close to you Neanderthal. Know, I just, yeah, I really, feel, I really feel like whenever people see the word Netherlands, they're just really turned off. And we, you know, we, I would just much rather just call it like, you know, Heritage Community Church, and let's, why can't we take the Netherlands out of it? <laughs> because most people from here in Grand Rapids are not from the Netherlands. <laughs> and it's like, are we telling them too much about ourselves, you know, and our, our Netherlandness? Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding about all that, but uh, uh, Dr. Beakey is a pastor there. He's also the president of the uh, Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. And he is a prolific author, and that is not, uh, that's an understatement. He writes all the time, puts out tons of work. Anyway, there's a little purple book that they sell on their website, Reformation Heritage Books, called Family Worship. And 
he uh, gave us a copy of this. I was able to hear him speak at a gathering of ministers not too long ago. I read through this. It was really great and, and encouraging. A little book called Family Worship under the Family Guidance Series. That's an interesting book, and it's like $5. You can buy it. And then there's something that they sell there called the Family Worship Guide, which is really what you need to get if you think, I don't know how I would... I don't know how I would teach my kids the Bible if I was going to sit down and teach it to them in a kind of a devotional setting. Every single chapter, there is a devotional. For every chapter in the Bible, there's a devotional um, paragraph with a few questions, and it's easy. and It doesn't take any time, and it really doesn't even take any preparation. You just read it out loud, yeah. reads easy, and ask the questions. But Dr. Beakey said, so just let me just give you something to think about 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 this idea of intentionally sitting down and having spiritual conversations with your kids uh, and reading the Bible, praying together, and letting them see you pray. And, um, he said he was preaching over in Eastern Europe somewhere, and I don't remember where he said he was, but he was somewhere where there was a mafia, you know, where there was a lot of organized crime, and they said, look, if, you know, he was over there doing ministry and preaching, and they said, if you get kidnapped by by this group, you're, you know, they shoot first and then negotiate the ransom later. So you know if they get you, you're done. And sure enough, he was out, you know, something happened. He was kidnapped. They took him to a small room. They had him laying on the floor with his hands bound. He had a blindfold on. He was just waiting for them to come in and kill him. And he was laying there, and he said, <clears throat> you know, I was trying to think what what was going to happen when I was gone. And he was trying to pray for his family as they would hear the news that he's been killed. And, and he just figured, I'm a goner. And uh, he said, I was praying for my wife and praying for my kids. And he thought, you know, what would I, if I could say one more thing to my children right now, what would I say? If I could say one more thing. And he said, I couldn't think of anything except that I've said it all because he said, by that point, my children were all grown and we had gone through the whole scripture together and some parts more than once. And we had talked about, since the Bible, you know, the whole Bible makes a whole Christian, the the Bible talks about everything that you need to talk about in life. And he said, we'd already talked about it. You know, I'd already had every conversation I needed to have with them. Yeah, that that's story awesome, right? has really stuck with me. I yeah, mean, me that's just it's that's... just amazing to think about that. Like what if you could what if you could come to that moment when you know you're about to die and think to yourself, I have no regrets about, the, yeah, because about I, what I have said. Because the most important thing is what we talked about. Right. You know, he and at that moment he wasn't thinking of any he wasn't thinking about well, you know, I've got them all. I was able every year until they were adults to get them every Christmas present they wanted. Right. He wasn't thinking about that. He wasn't thinking about sports. He wasn't thinking about their schoolwork. He wasn't thinking about anything that we tend to put value on. And it was like, we'll put everything ahead of uh, teaching them the scripture. But he was so lasered in on that in his raising, raising of his children that when it came to that moment, there was no regrets. It's ama- amazing. So that should be some encouragement. That really encouraged me and convicted me to be you know, more intentional about worshiping together as a family, but especially just taking opportunities to talk to my kids about what the Bible teaches and the applications of it. This morning we talked about, uh, we were talking about the order of Melchizedek 
And, you know, when you've got five-year-olds, you don't really get to talk much about the order of Melchizedek. But yeah. I've got a fourth grader and a, a seventh grader, and we were, and, and you know, when, that just blew their minds to talk about Melchizedek and to see what uh, it said about him in Genesis and then what, what the author of Hebrews said about him. So that's the kind of thing that you've got to, you know, realize that's the kind of thing you're going to, when you're dying, that's what you're going to be glad you did. Yeah. And, you know, as a... Uh, as uh, Tim McGraw would say, you got to live like you're dying. <laughs> we will put some links here for you guys where you can see where to find these books if you're interested. I'm sure there are a lot of good resources out there, but <clears throat> if you're really just looking for a starting place, this might be a place that would work for you. And, you know, we if we have time, we sing with the kids and do some fun songs and with motions you know and stuff because our kids are into that kind of thing it's Um, a good chance when you get you know and i know that's for some of you you know without uh you know the wellspring of talent that i am uh you know you i'm kidding (laughs) you uh maybe you can't play the guitar but anybody can play the ukulele So get you one, you, you get you one sing, for sixty bucks. You can sing, you can acapella. sing acapella. Yeah, though there, you can get you a harmonica. But you uh, know when you know Chad calls it family time. Let's have family time. Family time, and the kids love it. Yeah, they love having family. And we bust time. out like all the old songs from youth group days. Yeah, because you can sing those in your living room, even though other people will roll their eyes. Yeah, so. but it's it really is. Um, it's just not as hard as we tend to think it is to do these things and it doesn't have to be an hour long you know structured organized thing right it can be hey we've got 10 minutes before we have to leave let's sit down and do this which chad is really good at at carving out time like that so we just wanted to encourage y'all to just go for it just Talk yeah. to your kids. Just teach them the Bible. Say, and I think something you get discouraged. You think, well, if we don't do this every day, we're not doing it right. Look, if you do it like once a month, that's better than what you did last month when you did nothing. Yeah, we don't do it every so, day. Yeah, yeah I we, mean, it, it's, it's, it's just we we are we understand everybody's got nutty schedules, and I'm not saying you know go be a hermit to do, to do this, but you can. But when you find yourself driving, when you find yourself, you know, you have moments where you can talk about the truth. Keep a Bible in your truck, and just whenever you get a chance, talk to your kids about what it says. Yeah, so. and you can even, you know, when you're driving, I mean, you don't have to have any special knowledge to do this. You can say to your kids, hey, tell me, um, what is your favorite story from the Bible, and why is it your favorite? That can open up all kinds mm-hmm. of conversations, yeah. you know? And we listen, sometimes Adelaide and I, when we're driving to dance or something, we'll listen to a sermon together, and then after, you know, he's made a point or two, I might turn it off and just talk about what he said. Yeah, and Adelaide is 13, and she really enjoys listening to preaching. Yeah. And, in fact, we're doing a secret church thing, you know, coming up. And she's pumped. And she is so excited about secret church, which that's going to be like five hours of preaching. (laughs) And she, I don't know, she's just eating it up. So it's encouraging to us, seeing how she is growing encourages us to, you know, to do these things with the younger kids because... It really does pay off. You start to see how um, this is changing their hearts, how God is working, you know, in your kids. And it's just such a cool thing to see. It's the best thing. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, we better sign off because we're, we're, we're pushing an hour here. Yeah, but it's been fun. It's been it's really good. It's been really good. If we hurt your feelings, 
That was not our intention. Willow, if you're a huge Vince Gill fan. Mark Lowry or Bells fan. Yeah. We. We're joking. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was just trying to get a laugh. We we have completely. Yeah. Hey, you heard Chad release his bitterness. Yeah, I've turned it all over. And, yeah. Uh, let go and let God. Like, that's what I've done. Yeah. So, you know, you can get bitter or you, you can, can get, get better. better. And I'm going to get better. <laughs> you know. I'm too blessed to be depressed. I'm too anointed to be be disappointed. disappointed. All right, so we'll talk with you guys later. It's been good to get back in the saddle. Uh, Melissa, happy Easter. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, it's been really nice talking to you tonight. You too. I'm going to go ahead and turn this off, and then we can talk more. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye.